Hello and welcome to another Managing IP podcast. This is Patrick Wingrove, America's editor for Managing IP. And with me today is Derek Gilliland. Derek was, until very recently, a partner in his own law firm based in Longview, Texas. He is now a magistrate judge working under Alan Albright at the District Court for the Western District of Texas. For those of you who don't know, the Western District of Texas is the most popular forum, uh, and to some, the most unpopular place, for patent litigation in the US. Cases began to soar there in 2020, shortly after Judge Albright joined, rising from around 100 a year to about 1,000. Derek was brought on just this month to help manage those patent cases, including uh, by conducting Markman hearings, handling motions for summary judgment or transfer, uh, and perhaps more, most importantly, managing discovery motions. Uh, Derek, it's a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, it's my pleasure. Wonderful. Well, first of all, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, perhaps start with where are you from? Okay. Well, I... Uh, I grew up in, in Texas, went to Texas A&M, uh, grew up in a town called Bryan, right, right by where Texas A&M is located. Uh, went to A&M, got a mechanical engineering degree, and then back in 93, moved to Waco to work for a defense contractor. It's now known as L3 Harris. It was known as Chrysler Technologies back then. Did that for a couple years, then attended law school here at Baylor. Uh, moved to Austin and practiced for a couple years and then back to Waco where I practiced for uh, about a decade. And then I've been in uh, East Texas practicing, doing uh, virtually exclusively uh, patent litigation for a little more than a decade now. So now I'm coming back to Waco, where kind of where it all began, so to speak. Excellent. And how did you wind up in intellectual property? That's a, that's a good question. So I... Uh, when I got out of law school, that would have been in 98, uh, and I had virtually no exposure to, to patent litigation. But within a couple of years, I realized, well, with uh, an engineering background that, that gave me the, the ability to sit for the patent bar uh, and handle or, or prosecute patent cases. Uh, and then the sort of the concept struck me that, that perhaps the U.S. economy is moving to a point where Ideas are one of the the main products of the U.S. and uh, and so I figured, well, patent litigation or patents in general and IP in general are going to be a very busy and, and hot area for some time to come. So that started to draw my attention into it, and I started doing some patent work in the early two thousands. Took the patent bar. Uh, I think I was I passed or took and passed it in I think it was 2006 thereabouts and so since then just done more and more as time's gone on and, and I find it you know, intellectually interesting because of the the variety of technical subjects that that you get to deal with. Wonderful and now you're at obviously the busiest patent court in the United States. So how do you feel now that you're a magistrate judge uh, in the Western District of Texas? It, it's um. It's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm only, I guess this is my second actual work week, uh, but uh, but I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, I like being busy, uh, and so being here has is, is turned out to be great. I, I don't know that I would enjoy the job near as much if there wasn't uh, quite as much going on with the docket. So, uh, so, so far, it's uh, what I was hoping it would be. It's different. Uh, but much less stressful, I would say, or than uh, than being a practicing lawyer, where you're constantly at odds with with another 
you know, equally, hopefully equally qualified attorney on the other side of a case. So uh, it's a little little less stressful than that, but, but a lot of fun and, and very busy, which I enjoy. I imagine, yes. How are you finding managing or helping to manage those thousand cases a year? So right now we're kind of kind of on the upslope because um, obviously I was I was uh, you know started on April first with zero cases uh, and so slowly we're getting more and more and uh, and it's so far it's it's been fairly easy to manage um, but I've ha- I have had uh, several hearings already and so getting prepared for and keeping up with the issues on those is. Uh, is interesting and fun, and and will I'm sure as as I continue to pick up cases, uh, you know we'll have to come up with sort of a systematic approach to keeping up with everything. But right now it's been been relatively easy since I started with nothing and uh, and then picking them up as we go. Good, good. Now I remember when uh, Alan Albright first announced that he was hiring or looking for a magistrate judge. I think that was back in November, possibly. So it's been. Or possibly earlier. So it's been the interview process was quite a long time, and obviously you went through that. So what was it? What was it like? Sure, it was uh, it was an interesting process that I hadn't been through before, and uh, and I, I hadn't really been interested in being a magistrate judge before. hadn't really thought about it, but when this opportunity came up, when you take Waco, uh, which I, I know and like, you take Judge Albright, who I also know and like, and, and you take uh, patent cases, which I, I enjoy working on. Uh, he caught my attention and, and decided to apply for it. So there was a fairly long application that had to be completed. Uh, that got submitted. There was a committee of, of both lawyers and non-lawyers from within the district that they reviewed those, and they did. Uh, they selected out of over 80 applicants, I think it was around somewhere between 5 to 10 people to interview, and then out of those interviews they recommended somewhere around three to five for Judge Albright, who then interviewed us again, and then, then he made the decision. Uh, so that was, it was a somewhat long process, but a lot of fun. And then, of course, that followed, you know, was followed by the, all the uh, government onboarding, FBI background check, and those sort of things, which, which take uh, a while and take even longer now, I think, as, as everybody's coming out of COVID. So, uh, so the waiting process was a little... Uh, you know, a little, not, not necessarily tense, but it, it took a while, as you noted, from start to finish. So uh, that, that was kind of the whole process, and at times a little nerve-wracking because I'm trying to practice and handle my cases at the same time, thinking there may be this opportunity that it's going to require me to draw them all down or find new homes for all the cases. Absolutely. And you mentioned that you didn't necessarily know you wanted to be a magistrate judge at the time. So why did you apply? Was it, was it just because the opportunity emerged? And, and that was it. I didn't. Uh, I did not want to be a magistrate judge, but this one is just it's is kind of a, a perfect alignment for my interests. So uh, if I could get this job as a magistrate, then I would I would want to do it. But otherwise, uh, you know, I would just keep practicing law. And again, it was you know my familiarity and and fondness for Waco, uh, uh, the fact that I enjoy working on patent cases, a lot of fun with them, uh, really like Judge Albright uh, on a personal level quite a bit, and then uh, and then the thought was, I'm, I'm at the point in my career where I'm, I'm about to be an empty nester, so, uh, you know, there's a, early on in, in anybody's career when you have young children and everything else, you've got this, this uh, 
oh, you've, you've got to work hard and make a lot of money to support everybody and get college squared away and all that. Well, I'm at the other end of that where it's not as, you know, all of that work's already been done. So I could, uh, could step back and work in, in uh, you know, a government position without, without it being a, a huge financial problem of any kind. Uh, and then I thought, well, if, you know, if, we, if you want to have good courts, people need to be willing to serve. So uh, all of that kind of lined up, and I decided to, that I'd like to do it. That's great. Well, how is working with Judge Albright now? So it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been great so far. I think any, anybody that knows him at least uh, would expect that his management style is is very um, uh, high level. You know, he, he when he refers a case to me. You know, that's my case, and he's not asking me questions about it or telling me how to do it. Uh, but then on the other hand, um, he and I, you know, spend a fair amount of time together just chatting and, uh, you know, going for walks or I need to get my bike over here so we can go for bike rides together. So, uh, it's, it's kind of like working, uh, well, it's working, you know, working for a friend, sort of a mentor, uh, but also somebody that's, that's not going to be, uh, micromanaging everything so that's made it a lot of fun so far wonderful and i know that the judge himself has answered questions like this in the past but uh, i'd like to pose it to you as well so some have said that the western district of texas is a little bit controversial for various reasons a few saying it's a uh, or calling it a patent friendly forum um, what do you think about that um you know, I've, and I've heard those allegations. I wouldn't call it, in my opinion, well, I don't think it's necessarily a patent-friendly forum so much as, as it's a, um, a, a due process-friendly forum in the sense that Judge Albright's willing to take the cases, willing to move them forward, uh, and willing to let people get to a jury trial as quickly as possible. Um, and, and you know, as far as patent-friendly, I think there was a, an article today about a case where Judge Albright invalidated two patents and the case is now gone. Uh, but that happens you know, after all the parties have gotten their due process, they've gotten Markman hearings, the discovery necessary, they've gotten to make all their arguments to the court. Uh, and then if, if necessary, they get to try the case. And, and whether it's uh, plaintiff or defendant friendly is, is up to the jury. Uh, I think there's about a you know, plaintiff versus defendant on patent trials is running about 50-50 right now because it's such a, a diverse division uh, that it's hard to say there's a stereotypical jury in that regard either. But uh, I think the real uh, personality, I guess, of the, of the division is that you know, everybody wants to keep the keep whatever case it is, patent case, truck wreck case, breach of contract case, whatever, keep those moving uh, on a track towards trial to where people know how it's going to operate and know that they'll at least at some point reach finality in the case. Absolutely. And speaking of which, what's the work like at the Western District of Texas? Can you take us through some of the things you do on a more or less daily basis? Sure. And so my, my role, and I, I think there's a general order that's been entered on it. So there's uh, District Judge Albright, and there's two magistrate judges, myself and uh, uh, Jeffrey Mansky is the other magistrate judge. And so he is is continuing and has handled and will continue to handle all the criminal cases uh, that are referred from the district judge. I will take all the patent cases that are referred from the district judge, and then we'll split the civil cases 50-50, uh, or non-patent civil cases. And uh, so 
so far, everything I've done has been strictly patent related. Uh, I've had, uh, I think I got uh, sworn in, you know, to start on, on Friday, April 1st, and then uh, that following week, as soon as we could get my uh, credential set up and a Zoom link set up, we had a, a claim construction hearing uh, where half the parties wanted to attend in person, half the parties wanted to attend by Zoom, so we set it up in the courtroom to where we had half of them in person, and then the the other half were attending by Zoom and able to see and hear everything. Uh, and so that's, I've had the one Markman hearing so far, and then uh, over the last few days I've had about six, I think it's around six, maybe seven, uh, discovery disputes where parties you know, basically need the, the court to tell them what discovery they should or shouldn't provide. And there have been a few interesting issues on that. Uh, one of them had to deal with, with trying to claw back a privileged document or not, which was kind of a, a unique situation. Uh, but those, you know, which have been, uh, at least as of right now, you know, I'll conduct those from the courtroom because there's recording equipment in the courtroom that we need to record those. But everybody's been attending by Zoom. Uh, but we've been getting those set pretty quickly and, and able to get some people, you know, get some parties resolution. Uh, and then there's the, you know, little administrative stuff here and there as I continue to get my chamber set up and all that fun stuff. Great. Well, what do you find particularly interesting or, or the most interesting about the work you do? Um, at least as of right now, the, the, the I guess the two most interesting parts about it are, are one, just the variety of technical uh, subject matters uh, and, you know everything from light bulbs to, to computer uh, software and hardware uh, and I'm trying to think yeah and then some medical devices and that sort of thing so I find the, the technical aspects of it to be really interesting and a lot of fun uh, and then the other part that that has actually struck me and it has been somewhat interesting so far is trying to think about, uh, at least with the discovery disputes I've had been involved in or I've had to rule on so far, they all involve things that I had dealt with when I was a lawyer or, you know, on one side or the other of the exact same arguments. So it's kind of, uh, that's been, been interesting is to see that now from the judge's perspective, but I understand completely you know, what both parties are going through and why they need uh, court intervention. Uh, so that's, that's you know, it, that at least has struck me as a pretty interesting or, or unique aspect of it that, that I've thought, I think about in each hearing is, okay, I've been there and I understand why you're asking for this or why you don't want to provide it, but here's why I think you should, and then let them move on with their case. Indeed, indeed. And along those lines, what do you think is the most challenging thing about having moved from private practice into a judge role? Um yeah, probably I'd, I'd say just uh, uh, not worrying too much about the decisions that you know that I make. I, I guess I've had it described to me as as a judge, you need to rule and roll. You know, make a ruling and roll on to the next issue, and don't dwell on something you've already decided because you need to you need to make a definitive decision to let the parties deal with it and live with it, and uh, hope you get it right, but don't. You know, do the best you can, but don't dwell on, on that. Whereas, you know, in private practice, you can dwell on it and think about it and mull stuff over for a week or two before you put together the brief or take the deposition. And here it's, it happens a lot quicker. Uh, 
So that's been one of the more challenging things is getting up to speed, figuring out what I want to do, and then making a decision to move on to the next problem to be addressed and not dwell on, on the past ones. Absolutely. That must be quite a challenge in, in terms of the, the mindset change between the two areas. Um, speaking of which, um, what other areas of law uh, do you or would you like to work on now that you're a magistrate judge and now a, uh, I suppose, a generalist rather than a, a specialist as you were when you were a litigator? Right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward uh, especially to, to getting to work on some of the non-patent civil cases just to see what kind of interesting cases might you know, arise in federal court. I'm, I'm sure you know, there will be the, the uh, truck wreck or car wreck between parties from you know, different states, uh, maybe some contract things. I'm, just, uh, I'm interested to see some of those. And then uh, this, I'm not in any rush to, to learn the criminal law, but I am interested to, to learn a little bit of that um, and to help out. You know, the, the way I see it is my role on the criminal cases will be to just uh, support Judge Mansky. Um, you know, in, in however he needs it. And criminal law is something that at this point I know very little about. So I like learning about new things. So I'm, I'm at least interested in learning more about, <laughs> you know, what we do with criminal cases and what kind of criminal cases we deal with, because that's something I've had no experience with. Fantastic. And speaking of which, what, how would you like to see your career progress in the future? I mean, you mentioned that you're now in a position where you can work as a judge, perhaps a bit more easily than, than you could have done a few more years ago. Is, is the next step uh, district court judge? Well, that, that's an interesting question, a good question that I've had a few people ask me. And, and one, um, I really didn't ever set out and plan to become a magistrate judge. It just the circumstances sort of arose. And, and uh, so in that regard, I don't really have a plan for the future as far as my career plan goes right now is I want to learn this job and, and do it uh, as best I possibly can and hopefully in a way that, that other lawyers see it as a good place to bring cases or try cases or have disputes. Uh, I would love to get some consent for me to try a civil case. Uh, means that the parties have to agree to let me be the trial judge. I can do everything except the trial uh, and the trial has to be by agreement or consent. And so I'm really hoping to get some consents because I'd love to try some cases. Um, and I expect, I hope that'll come with time. And then as far as being a district judge, uh, there's so many, uh, so many variables that go into that ever happening for somebody. I, I don't think that's something you could really plan on. If, if the opportunity arose, I'd consider it, but I don't, I don't really plan on ever being a federal judge. Uh, I just, I'm, at least what, two weeks in, I'm, I'm loving this job. So I'm, I'm, I think I'd be content to stay here for 20 years. Wonderful. I'm sure that's excellent news. Um, is there any advice you could give to anyone that might be looking to make a similar uh, jump uh, that you have to, to magistrate judge potentially from private practice? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. Um, yeah, because there aren't, aren't a lot of magistrate judge openings and they, they tend to be specific. Um, you know, I would, I would suggest that if somebody is thinking of being a magistrate judge to make sure that the judgeship they're applying for fits what they want to do. Um, and I guess the example I think of is like here in, in Waco, 
uh, you know, the job I got needed somebody that was steeped in patent experience because they have a patent heavy docket. Uh, and if you are the kind of person that hates dealing with patent attorneys and technical issues, this would not have been a good fit. Uh, just because somebody wanted to be a magistrate judge, it wouldn't have been the, I don't think it would have been the right choice. Similarly, I think, uh, I think the, uh, uh, a lot of the border, uh, courts say in, in Del Rio and such deal with a lot more criminal issues. And, uh, and so I probably would have never, I don't think I would have ever applied to be a magistrate there because that just would not have fit what I know and, and the kind of work I want to do. So that would be one bit of advice would be to make sure you know, that, that it is going to be a good fit and that you don't let the idea of being a magistrate judge uh, blind you to the fact that you might not enjoy the job once you, once you get it, if you get it. Uh, so I would, I would suggest you be picky about which ones you apply for. And, and I suspect that probably gives you a better chance of being selected as if your, your background's a good fit for the court's needs, the court's caseload. Uh, and other than that, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough, you know. Do do a good job. As somebody told me when when uh, one of the people that was uh, uh, one of my references, he said, you know, there's really not much you can do at, at this point. You're just sort of writing on your record uh, as applying, you know, applying for a magistrate judge. You spent 20 years developing a experience and a reputation, and and that's really what's going to drive the day. So make sure you do good work and are conscientious and. Uh, I think it helps to always you know, be nice to people, get along with people, don't burn bridges, because <laughs> you never know what what might be beneficial for you in the future. Uh, it's about about as as much or as specific as I think I can get on that. Okay, and what about in terms for patent litigants in your courts? Uh, I know that you've only been there uh, two weeks, but based on what you've seen so far and what you've uh, learned uh, at the court before, or possibly from Alan Albright since. What advice would you give? Sure. The, the, I think there are three simple things, really, is, you know, to be prepared. So, so if the court asks you, what, what do you want me to do? You know, why are you here? What are you asking for? You can give me a very specific answer of what you want. Uh, and everybody so far has done that. They've been, been very prepared. Be very, be professional. Um, and, and I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've seen it in private practice where some lawyers, sort of devolve to the, the state of name calling or saying, you know, they, they did this and we did that. And, and, you know, that I don't think helps further anybody's, it, it just, just sort of engenders ill will between the lawyers. So being professional and polite to, to both the court and the other parties is important. And then, um, the one other thing is, is if I've heard you out and I've issued a ruling, uh, just accept the ruling and move on to the next issue. Don't try and re-argue or continue to argue. Because at least so far, uh, I've given given parties plenty of opportunity to go back and forth and make their arguments before I've ruled. So when I've ruled, uh, I've reached a conclusion. And continuing to argue, uh, if anything, is is going to hurt your chances uh, or hurt your credibility than if you just respectfully accept it, even though you don't agree with it, and move on to the next issue. Uh, so those would be the three things, you know, be, be prepared, be professional and accept the rulings and, and move on. Okay. Well, we're coming towards the end of our time, but one of the things I want to ask before we finish off is what's high on your agenda for the near future, either in terms of what you're planning on doing at the court or, or just in terms of your own uh, experience? Sure. Well, uh, I 
I plan on, I guess, uh, uh, you know, just well, continuing to handle the matters that, that get referred to me. Uh, uh, I, and I'm getting more involved in it. I'm getting to do some uh, jury selections, which is something I've, I've wanted to do. Uh, and I, I, I appreciate, like, uh, your request for the podcast and kind of getting getting some of my thoughts out there, my name out there, because I would love for, for people to get comfortable enough with me to consent to trial before the magistrate that, that'll help keep the the heavy dock in Waco continuing to grow and continuing to move as opposed to getting bogged down because we can't get to trials quick enough. Uh, so I plan to do whatever I can to encourage people to, to consent or at least you know, let them know that hopefully they get comfortable with me as a judge uh, to where they're willing to consent. Uh, and aside from that, just uh, continuing to, to push cases forward. Hope to see more people in person now that we're getting getting a little past COVID. Uh, but I'm also open to the idea of keeping some Zoom, like the, the hearing we had last week, you know, where half the people were in person and half of them by Zoom, and everybody was comfortable proceeding that way. Nobody felt they were at a disadvantage because they were in one format or the other. Uh, so we'll keep that up, I think, as well. Uh, but yeah, just just hopefully developing a, a reputation that leads to a few jury trials would be would be great. Fantastic. Right. Well, that is our time, Derek. Thank you so much for joining. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. This has been another Managing IP podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>